Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Uh, a quick reminder, if you haven't done so, follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine, my YouTube channel, um, to watch everything in full video versions. Smaller clips, full episodes, everything's on that YouTube channel. And I also want to just take a second to thank everyone who's been listening to me up until this point. Um, and I'm always open to feedback and hearing how I can make the show better. So please feel free to DM me on Instagram at Felix.Levine or email me, FelixLevineWTG at gmail.com. Uh, again, just want to hear all your insight, um, maybe some future guests you'd like to see, different topics you want to see me cover. Um, so please hit me up. Uh, all of that is greatly appreciated. And also, if you're listening to this right now, please take a quick second, rate and review Five Stars on Apple's podcast app. That goes a very, very long way. My guest today, he is the CEO and founder of Kippo, which is a dating app for gamers. Please welcome David Park. And we're live. David, I'm uh, super happy to, to meet you and to talk to you and to have you on my show. Thank you for, uh, for doing this today. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. So I told you uh, a few seconds ago, is there a little something that the world might not know about you uh, from what's already out there or um, anything and everything? Oh, man. I mean, I was telling you, I'm a pretty boring guy. Like My, my existence is, uh, I, I live a block away from the office. My existence is between my office and, and my home. Um, but I mean, something interesting, I used to break dance uh, all throughout high school and college. That was uh, a, a big hobby of mine. I'm still kind of paying for it, all the aches and pains. You know, that's one of the things is the aches and pains last forever. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I used to spend my time. And so I guess, you know, very briefly for the people um, that are listening that aren't familiar with, with exactly, uh, your story or what or what you do, um, CEO, CEO and founder of Kippo, um, which is, as I understand it, um, and obviously you're, you'll clarify, um, a uh, an app for. Actually, you know what? How about you explain it really quick? I know you're sick of the pitching, but you know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's only going to do you justice um, because it's it's your it's your little baby. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in short, Kippo is a is a fully immersive virtual experience for people to basically hang out with friends and meet new people. Um, the, the angle that we're taking right now is that we're a dating app for gamers is how we pitch it. Um, very clean and simple. Uh, of all things social, um, the, the angle that we're tackling first is the dating aspect of it. And it's very easy for people to think that, you know, we're, we're Tinder for gamers, right? We're just niche dating app, but we're actually using video games as the medium through which people meet each other and our, you know, target market right now, uh, the people that have the lowest friction to you know, using the app are, you know, kind of self-proclaimed hardcore gamers. Uh, but eventually we see ourselves as being the de facto platform uh, for everybody all around the world. Okay. So now I'm personally not a big gamer. Um, but I, this, this idea when, when I was uh, kind of brought uh, your story and what Kippo is, I thought is definitely very interesting. I've had, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Yubo and 
um, what they do with uh, the CEO of Yubo, Sasha Lazimi, who actually the same person that um, introduced me to you, uh, introduced me to, to, to him. But uh, there's a lot of these different apps these days that I, I think are just really, you know, interesting uh, as to how people are connecting that are other ways from the traditional Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, just for you, uh, why is it that you picked uh, the gamer world and gamers in general as your target audience? And and also, the, where did this idea, you know, kind of sprout from, I guess, um, to, 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 you know, be the quote-unquote, I guess some people refer you, to you guys as the tinder for for gamers where did that kind of stem from yeah so so why gamers that's that's a good question um gamers are the power users of the internet basically is how i like to think about gamers uh gamers pioneered a lot of um things online way before everyone else was on board uh gamers are probably the first ones to date online you know playing world of warcraft 20 years ago uh meeting others uh, and, and kind of pioneered this idea of social or online first uh, relationships where you meet someone, whether it's a friend or a relationship, whatever, online first, right? You, you get to know somebody by their username first, and then you add them and you play with them together and then you get connected by voice chat. And then maybe five years later, you meet them in person, right? Um, completely foreign concept to, to people today, but with gamers, it's been going on for decades. Uh, we kind of model ourselves like, Discord. So Discord was like the chat app for gamers, right? But now they're just good enough that they're the chat app for everybody, right? And I, I like to think if you're building an online platform, especially a social platform, um, if it's good enough for gamers, it's good enough for, for everybody else. And just kind of going back to when we started Kippo, um, we took it back to first principles. We thought about, you know, everyone talks about Facebook and Instagram and whether it's good for society or bad for society, um, people attribute like depression and loneliness to these social platforms. So I think we're in this era of, you know, a whole new generation of entrepreneurs thinking about social differently and thinking about what does it truly mean to interact with another person online? And I have to give, you know, MySpace, Facebook, I've given them so much credit. Um, the internet was like this new thing. It was this new world. And they were the first ones to kind of come in and build something on this new world. But what I think of it is they kind of built like scaffolding, right? It like kind of works, but it doesn't actually accurately reflect how humans interact in person. So there needs to be this new generation for people that really, really think about what does it really mean to interact, to, to exist on the internet, to have an identity and to meet other people. Um, and that train of thought eventually led to Kippo. Now, when you for when first of all were you or are you a big gamer? Oh yeah, so I, I've been a gamer my entire life. Um, started out in StarCraft Vanilla uh, back in the day, uh, Diablo Vanilla, um, Warcraft. Uh, I, I played a lot of Dota when it was uh, kind of like a mini game on Warcraft. Um, so I've been a gamer my entire life, um, and then I saw kind of like. Uh, I like to think that like StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty was was the first onset of like true esports coming to to the West. Um, so lived through that entire time period. Uh, helped found some mobile esports teams when mobile esports were starting to pop off. And everybody on the team has been lifelong gamers. So you know we didn't think of it. We didn't come into Kippo thinking that we were going to build something for ourselves and our community. But when we were thinking again back to first principles, we were just thinking like it's so obvious that you know where 
are social interactions already happening on the internet mm. that are very, very similar to the physical world? And the answer is video games. Now, when you first had these, uh, I guess, initial thoughts or conversations, who were they with about, you know, this idea? Oh, it's what, it was with anyone who would listen. It was anyone who would listen. Honestly, I, I had this idea for a really, really long time. Like the seeds of this idea, um, probably five years before Kippo. So and about I, 2014 was, range? Um, yeah, some, something in that range. And uh, I, I didn't have these thoughts thinking that I was going to start a company. It was just thought experiments, uh, bouncing off ideas with other entrepreneurs, other people in tech, um, talking about where, where the future of social was going. Um, and at the time I was at Raya, uh, I was working there and I, I was very, I had a lot of intimate knowledge of the dating app scene. And one of the things that really struck me was like, how has there been like little to no innovation uh, in dating apps since Tinder came out in like 2012. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was just kind of like a thought experiment at first. Um, but this is what it evolved to. Now, did you feel like when you were thinking about this, that you yourself um as like a potential user putting yourself in the in the shoes of a potential user um could see it as like a feasible way of of not only a feasible way of meeting someone but also a way of choice of perhaps um meeting someone yeah not only a, a feasible way of meeting someone but a better way of, of meeting someone how so right um, it, it, again, going back to, we model everything after the physical world, right? So if you think, if you ask uh, anyone who's is older, I feel like I'm, you know, old saying like kids these days, but anyways, um, when we talk about how, what's the best way to meet people, it's, it's to go out, go out to bars, events, do activities that you like, um, surround yourself with people that are, that are similar to you. And in these environments, you'll organically meet people. Some of these will turn to friends. Some of the, these will turn to, you know, business partners, workplace acquaintances, and some of them will turn into romantic relationships, right? It's kind of this organic sense. And if you think about dating apps now, um, dating apps, the swipe left, swipe right mechanism is kind of touted as like the, you know, going out to a bar, but it really isn't. It's actually very similar to going out to a speed dating event at like some random high school cafeteria with like folding plastic tables and you just go around, um, judge each other within seconds. Uh, and it's a very stiff environment, right? It's, there's a very clear agenda of why everyone's there. Everyone's a little bit embarrassed to be there. Um, it's just not the best environment. So we wanted to model meeting somebody like going out to a bar, something a little bit more serendipitous and something a little bit more organic. Um, we're really pushing this concept of social dating at Kippo, where it's so weird to have friends on a Tinder, for instance, right? But it's not weird to go out to a bar with friends and, and talk to girls, right? That's completely normal. So social dating is inherent in, in human beings and in society, but for some reason on the internet, it's just such a foreign concept. So how's how does it work exactly? You know, maybe someone's listening to this right now. They're a big gamer or not, or they're interested in, about getting into gaming, but they're interested about this idea of, you know, exactly what you guys are about at Kippo. Um, explain not only kind of how the app works for someone who doesn't, I know this sounds more like you're pitching it, but just so that people can kind of get a full um, understanding of exactly what we're talking about for the people that aren't familiar with it. Um, explain how it works exactly when you download uh, the app and, and how, um, you know, how, how it, how it works kind of a through Z uh, from the second that you get onto the platform. 
Yeah, so the first version that we have um, in the App Store and Play Store right now, uh, there's a lot of similarities to the other dating apps out there. The two main problems that we wanted to solve is, one, um, we wanted people to have full profiles, and two, we wanted uh, people to have something to do after you, you match with somebody instead of just awkward conversation back and forth. Mm -hmm. Those are the two problems we wanted to solve at first. Um, the first problem, everyone who's been on dating apps knows this. Uh, the profiles you see, so many of them, of them are so lazy. It's just one photo and like a, a bio that says, follow me on Instagram, I'm never on here. Um, but if you think about why people don't fill out dating app profiles is because it feels like work. It feels like an interview almost, right? Um, but conversely, if you think about how much effort people put into like their MySpace profiles and their Facebook profiles and Instagrams, like people go all out customizing these things because um, they wanted to represent themselves, mm. right? So we created a unique system. I like to say it's like MySpace meets Pinterest. We call it our profile card deck builder. Um, it basically is a, is a, um, a collection of templates where you can fill out these cards, um, these template-based cards really quickly, really easily. They're fun. Um, anything from video games that you play to anime that you watch um, to your Myers-Briggs test, horoscopes, um, just anything that adds a spark of personality to your profile. And right now, I think it's I think we're north of like 97% of people have completed their entire profile. Um, it, it's just fun to do. And anytime we release a new card, it becomes like the new most popular card. Um, so that was the, the first half. And then the second half is what do you do after you match? And that just comes down to the culture of a dating app for gamers is people on Kibble don't really exchange phone numbers. Right, that's kind of like a thing of the path, past now. People exchange in-game names and they exchange Discord contacts. And it's so much easier to match with somebody and say, hey, you play you know, Overwatch? Do you want to hop into a game together? That's so much easier to do than to try to schedule a coffee date and you don't know if the other person's going to show up. You don't know if they're going to be weird. You don't know if they're going to murder you. Um, it just lowers the friction a lot. Now, in your experience, or I guess in your guys' experience um, and seeing the analytics and uh, maybe anecdotal experiences as well, uh, do most people that meet on Kippo end up having a romantic relationship or more friendship relationships? Uh, it's definitely more romantic. It, it's probably just because of the marketing side. We do say we're a dating app for gamers. Um, we try to stay laser focused in the value proposition. Um, some users do use it to make friends. Uh, we do have an only friends feature that we, that we threw in there. Um, but we're, we're still very much trying to brand ourselves as a dating app and not to like muddle the water too much. And what percentage would you say? So would you say it was, it's heavily skewed 80, 90% uh, romantic relationships that are budded from the app? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, a lot of people that are there for dating will also say that they're open to meeting friends. And I think that's what happens is more, more often than not, um, you know, also one of the problems with dating apps is it's such an all or nothing, almost transactional relationship, right? right? It's either you like hook up or get married and that's in the success column and then everything else in, is in like the failure column, right? But that's not how human relationships work. Mm. It can stem into, into anything. And because there's this, you know, common bond of, of gaming in this, this community, um, a lot of people will make friends with people that, uh, you know, might not turn out as a romantic relationship, but also people kind of go into interactions more casually. Playing a video game with somebody is a lot more casual than than going on a dinner date. Um, so it allows the relationship to grow a little bit slower, 
um, which, you know, gives it the opportunity to stem off into, you know, a variety of different, uh, you know, connections. Now, in your estimation, it's probably something that's pretty, it's probably something that's pretty hard to, to measure. How many people that meet uh, and perhaps game together end up actually meeting uh, in person and, you know, I guess pursuing something a little bit more serious that's not online, would you estimate? Um, it's, it's high. Um, there's the stigma that, you know, gamers don't leave the house, uh, and then they're scared and that's why they want to meet online. But, you know, those are, those are old stereotypes, right? The average gamer is the average person basically, right? Like everybody plays games now and our user base actually skews a lot younger. About 65% of our users are 18 and 24. Okay. Um, and for that generation, everyone's a gamer, right? You know, who doesn't play Fortnite or whatever popular games are now. Um, so again, it, it just, when, when the, when the friction to interact with somebody is a lot lower, right. To play a video game together. Um, it gives you more opportunities to get to that point where you're going to meet up in person where something like Tinder, you know, you match with 20 people, half the people ghost you, half the people, the conversation fizzles out. And then maybe like one out of a hundred turns into an actual meetup. Um, yeah. Isn't, we're, we're trying to isn't that also, stats. isn't that also how kind of how the real world, real world works at times? Sometimes, yeah, but- sometimes I, I do think that your model is definitely better though, in terms of having not, you know, cause yeah, you're right. Relationships go other places than just romantic. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes back to this like all or nothing mentality. Yeah. Right. It, I think of it as if I go out to a bar and I have a conversation with somebody and we share this inter, you know, personal experience, that's a win in my book. That's an experience that's a positive experience in my book. Right. And this idea that you know, it's such a toxic idea to say, like, I'm going to go to, you know, a club or a bar. And if I don't go home with somebody, then today, tonight was a wash, right? But that's not how it should work. And it's the same thing with dating apps is right now, the way it works is that you either score or you lose and you 99.99% of the time you lose. That's why people are so jaded and bitter on dating apps, because they feel like they're losing 99% of the time. What did you learn? Um, from working at Raya that, that helped you? I mean, I imagine a lot, but maybe some of the, the most important things that you took away from, from working at Raya, who for people who are listening that aren't familiar, uh, is basically an exclusive dating app for uh, more famous people from what I understand it to be, correct? Yeah, loosely. Loosely, some, some, like some, something, yeah. Oh, something like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so in your experience, I mean, what did you learn from from working there that, you know, I guess has enabled and and giving you large success here at Kippo? Uh, a, a million things, but the biggest thing probably is community is everything. Okay. Um, you have to build a community and numbers. Uh, I mean, Riot took it to the extreme, you know, it was extremely exclusive, um, but number the, the numbers in terms of the number of users you have, all that kind of stuff um, takes a backseat early on at a company. Um, so for us, we're extremely strict with moderation um, you know, right now we're still pretty early on. I mean, we're, we're north of 250,000 users in the U S but, um, I still consider it pretty early on. Um, we're very, very, very liberal with that, with that ban button. Um, we're extremely strict on, you know, the, the quality of photos and the effort that people put into their, their profiles. Uh, we just want everyone that's taking it seriously to have a great experience. 
Uh, obviously, we can't sustain this forever, uh, but early on, it's very important for us to set this culture of, of safety, respect, you know, zero tolerance policy. Um, yeah, that's the most important thing. So when when some of these analytics, um, and because I've had a couple other people on the show that have had, I guess, not similar uh, products, but, you know, they're apps that are talking about users. When When someone says, I have a user, right? Is that someone who's used it one time or consistently uses the app? Like how how I'm curious as to how those metrics are 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 determined. So we, we define it as active profile. Okay. Um we, we just try to be honest with ourselves and say what you know, they're not really a user if they like download it and never made an account. Uh, in terms of how the industry defines it, you know, it's it's a wild, wild west. You know, what whatever you want to say to investors to try to get them to throw some money at you. Um, but for us, you know, we we've uh, say it's an active profile now for you did you ever uh did you ever expect to be this um you know indulged and into the dating app market no so never (laughs) i mean when i joined raya it wasn't a dating app so it was at the time what we called it was it was a private network for people in creative industries okay i was like all right that, that sounds pretty good hop in there um, there's this joke that on the internet, uh, if there's a chat, it's a dating app, right? LinkedIn yeah. is a dating app. Instagram is a dating app. Uh, and, and it's kind of true. Um, I think all things social start with dating, right? Facebook started as hot or not. You can debate whether that's dating or not. But, um, you know, Instagram, people wanted to look at girls, look at guys. You know, it, it just all starts with, with, with dating. Um, and then for Kippo, I, I wanted to build social around the dating community. Um, I have a lot of friends in LA that are, you know, streamers on Twitch, uh, gaming influencers on Instagram. We just went around to everybody and tried to think about what that would look like. And like 90% of them just said, you know what would really work is you should build a dating app for gamers. Like that would work. Like that's what people need. And I was like, really? We're going back into dating? But um, I think it's the right decision. Uh, in terms of user education, you don't have to explain to anybody what the app is. It's a dating app for gamers. Um, we try to play around with like more clever lines, but we found out that just clear and concise dating app for gamers brings in the most number of users. Um, yeah, the value proposition is clear. And once we have our user base, then we can start expanding to other things social. Um, but I think it was the right move moving forward. Do you feel like by just kind of marketing to... Uh you know, gamers that you're also in a lot of ways shutting out a, or the vast majority of the rest of the global market? Yes. Right now, yes. Um, Is that a problem? But again, it's, no, because there's so many gamers. Yeah, one, there's so many gamers. Um, The culture is trending towards everyone becoming a gamer, right? Um, Interesting. Eventually, we might drop the the word gamer right but again modeling after like discord discord was like the chat app for gamers right uh, and now they're just the chat app um so it's kind of the same idea but you know w- when growing a company you can't fight every battle at once it's the idea of, of dominating a certain market and then expanding from there um so you know establishing ourselves as the the dating app for gamers that's a big enough market that we don't have to worry about us hitting any sort of ceiling. Um, but at the same time, our end goal is not to be this niche, you know, dating app. We want to reimagine what online social means um, through interactive and immersive experiences. 
very broad. Um, so we kind of have like our broad mandate and then we have our, you know, very, very um, specific mandate. Uh, and then it's just kind of like a journey of growing from there. Are there any uh, any good stories, I guess, anecdotally speaking, that you've heard of uh, of people meeting on Kippo? Some of your favorites? Oh, yeah, we get um, I mean, we're pretty active on social media. So Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, we always get people commenting saying like they met their significant other on on kippo they made a bunch of friends on kippo um i met my girlfriend on kippo that's that's one really story. Uh, uh, yeah we've been we've been uh, it's been a year and a half almost I, if you don't um, mind so if you don't mind i'm curious as to you know hearing hearing that story um yeah we met on kippo <laughs> but so 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 this um, and this is like in the so this is in the earlier uh in the earlier stages because what it's been about two years now that you've founded it so it was kind of earlier on yeah yeah very early on i think we had like thirty thousand, forty thousand users um she was up in in the bay area i was in la um naturally a lot of a lot of gamers in the bay area a lot of tech she was at a tech company up what there. was she playing um i mean she plays she plays a lot of games um right now blade and solos are her main game um but we i, I saw her on kipo and this is um it, it, this is a long story. It goes back like well, hold five on. before years. you we get actually... in, before you get into it. Were you do you have like a, do you have like a gold status on Kippo or something like legendary since you're the CEO and founder? Um, I don't. I'm, so I'm, you're just like a I'm regular user. Clothing. Yeah, I'm a regular. Okay, so she on, didn't she didn't think Kippo. like oh this guy's all this like you know she didn't know that you were uh, like you had made she the didn't. whole the whole platform. Yeah, yeah, she did. Okay, cool. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, um, throw any cheap shots at her when she's not here to defend herself but you know she was a lot more interested when she found out wow (laughs) they all are aren't they (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah but but we we actually so she was a streamer on twitch at some point and i i did some work um with twitch and i i streamed on twitch for a while i I shoutcast some tournaments on twitch um so we loosely were aware of each other for probably the last five years but again it's this idea of um you know, online first social, right? And then we added each other on Twitter. We were following each other on Twitter for like five years. Didn't interact too much. And then, you know, I saw her on Kippo and I was like, hey, don't I don't I know you, right? And then, you know, we have our usernames on Kippo, uh, just like your gamer tags. Uh, and then, you know, it's one of the first things she said to me is in all caps, I'm not here for dating. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, shit. But I was like, oh. and I, I mean, I, I was just trying to be friendly too. So I was like, all right, calm down. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to be polite here. You don't need to, um, but we just got to talking. We played some games together. Um, honestly, playing games together is like the best way to, to get to know each other, right? You're, you're sharing activity together. It's the same as like going out to an escape room or, or something like that. Wait, so I'm just going to, um, dr- uh, just to cut you off. Uh, so at that point, you guys play games together, and how's it work? You guys get to be in like a, a solo. I really have no idea. Like a solo room um, where you guys get to play the same game together. What? How does that work? No, so we actually don't build our own games. Um, that's something that we thought about right. doing in the past. Okay. But you know, Fortnite, Overwatch, League, all these games exist out there that yeah. are amazing, right? Like we're at, that's pretty. Um, it'd be pretty cocky of us to think that we can make better games than those. Right. Um, so we just have users list their favorite games. Okay. And then gotcha, we gotcha. make the connection. Uh, and then you just move off the platform and play whatever games. Okay, and, cool. and you don't have to play games, or there's no like mandate. Um, it's just that that's just kind of like the culture. And you and you have them on thing. on like video chat or at the same time, or is it like uh, both uh, video and audio or one or the other? So I'm actually um, skeptical about video chat in general. Okay. Um, when it comes to dating, I know all the dating apps are adding video chat, 
but I think that was just done on a whim because of COVID. Um, I think something about voice is a lot more intimate okay. um, than video. So I actually think that the that voice, um, you know, apps like uh, like Clubhouse that are really blowing up. I think right. there's something magical about voice that um, that's that's special. Um, right now, we don't have anything like that in the platform, so people would probably jump on Discord or something like that. Um, you know, Discord's obviously really popular; everyone's already on it. Um, so we we don't want to build out our own thing, but you know just to give a little sneak peek of what we're building right now is we are building these virtual worlds uh, where you can go on virtual dates. You will be connected with voice chat. Wow. Uh, you'll be interacting with your avatars. Um, it's going to be a, a really, you know, we like to say it's going to be the metaverse for, for dating. It's going to be an immersive like RPG type world. Okay. Now wait, I have to bring you back to this story with your girlfriend. So <laughs> you guys, are, to... you, no, 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 I, I have to, I'm fascinated. So you guys are, uh, so it's at that point it's only like audio, right? And you're 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 gaming together, and then how do you convince her that you're not? It's that you that that she has to open herself up to this idea of dating that that, that there's something there. Yeah, I mean, when you when you, so I'm a firm believer that relationships are um, relationships are are. I'm gonna butcher this. Um, they're developed. They're not found. You don't find a relationship. You grow a relationship, mm -hmm. right? Um, and relationships are are grown through you know sharing activities together, right? That's why we go on dates. That's why we go on multiple dates. And you you get to know somebody better over time. Um, and video games are s such a great way to do that. If you go to coffee or if you go to dinner, all you're really doing is you know throwing questions at each other and maybe you can pick up some other things but when you're playing a game together uh you learn about each other how how you cooperate how you work together uh, how you cooperate how you compete how you deal with um you know defeat how you celebrate successes um how you communicate with each other all of these things um are displayed when you're playing video games together the, the worst and best of people come out um and you know there's something very intimate about working together towards a common goal and, and succeeding at that goal that you know helps build relationships so we just got closer and closer we you know we, we were started out as friends um eventually she had to come down to la for something unrelated and while she was here we said hey let's let's meet up and this is you know by this time we've been talking for maybe a month um where you know tinder is kind of like the the pace of tinder is you you match with somebody within five minutes you try to get a phone number and then you meet like 30 minutes later you hook up and you, you never see each other again right that's kind of that pace but we had such a foundation that after being on voice together for a month playing games together you know there's a sense of excitement when you're about to meet up where in tinder it's more of like apprehension right the first time you meet up with somebody so there's a sense of, sense of uh, excitement we have like such a strong We've already built somewhat of a foundation. So we met, it was really fun. We went out, you know, on, on a date um, and then the rest is history. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample 
Farm Bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. One of the things that I think is is great about uh, that story that you just told and also um, generally speaking is when, you know, I mean, you you created the app, uh, but you also used it and you had a success story from it, which is also um, beautiful all in one. I'm curious, though, uh, what was the reaction of, you know, friends, family and others when you told them, you know, I'm going to leave, quit my job and uh, and start. Uh, a a dating app for for gamers. Um, I mean, there wasn't really much much pushback. Um, family was always very supportive. Even when I joined Riot, it was it was very very early stage. Um, so it was you know significantly lower salary than. Uh, so before Riot, I was actually uh, at a hedge fund um, on Wall Street. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, the compensation was was pretty good. I was gonna ask um, you because wait, I'm just gonna cut you off. When I was yeah. looking at your uh, or the person that the great PR that you have um, that that sent me uh, a lot of information about you, they said, and this 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 is when I knew you were f- far far smarter than than anything that I could that I could ever hope to be. But it you were this is your position. This is because I, I need to understand this. You were. Let me read this. It was such a long it was such a long thing. Um, excuse me. It was oh here sorry about that. Uh, you spent two years as a quantitative analyst and algorithmic trader working in intercommodity treasury spreads at Formation <laughs> Asset Management. Now what the fuck does that mean? That that means that the that the that the more words you throw in there, the, the fancier it seems. <laughs> that sounds smart as fuck. Right? I don't even know what that is. I, it was it was it was using math to trade um, assets basically, like like stocks or intercommodity mm-hmm. tre- treasury spreads are like stocks, but. You're you're trading like two year bonds against five year bonds and ten year bonds and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's basically just using math to try to figure out how to scrape like fractions of pennies off of these like hundred thousand dollar instruments, um, you know, a trillion times uh, a month, and uh, and and taking home some profit. <laughs> and that's basically what it is. And for you, was was that like not? Uh... You know, either stim. I mean, obviously the pay was nice, but uh, stimulating enough or interesting enough, or um, what was it? I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, I, I actually loved doing it. Um, I'm a competitive guy. Uh, I played sports in in high school and college, um, and I, I loved winning. I loved like it almost seemed like a score, right? The 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 profit that you bring in, it almost seems like a scoring trying to get the high score. Um, so it was fun, and I, I loved the environment. I loved the energy of it. Um, the hustle and bustle in New York, but after a certain point, it's kind of like, uh, what am I actually doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, uh, what I'm not, you know, I'm not really creating anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything. Like, what am I doing? Um, am I going to be doing this again, uh, you know, for the next 10 years and then I retire and then, and then I spend a lot of money and then I die. Right. Um, so it was kind of like a little existential moment. And I, you know, I started out in equities when I, when I went to wall street. So, I started out looking at, you know, companies, especially tech companies at the time that were going public and, you know, and I thought like, I can start one of these. Um, so that kind of got me interested in tech. And at the same time, this was like, yeah, so this was around like 2014, 2016. 
this is there was like a great exodus from a lot of Wall Street talent was moving uh, west to Silicon Valley, um, and yeah, that just that just uh, was a spark. Now, have you always um, had this? Because uh, you know that that's a pretty confident move to uh, to leave something that's that you've had success with that you're making money. Um, but to, to to tell yourself, okay, you know what? Like, I, I think I can do this too. Um, have you always had, first of all, would you describe yourself as as being a confident individual? And if so, have you always uh, had that, that inner confidence? Um, I think I have a very, very high risk profile. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, I mean, I guess it's called confidence. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly like confident in my ability or anything like that. It's more of, if something seems fun, uh, I, I just do it. Um, and I don't really worry about what might happen. Um, I personally don't see why everyone says that startups are so risky. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about eating and, and paying rent and, and these kind of things. Um, obviously it might not work out, but what's the worst thing that, that happens and you just go on to like the next thing. Right. Um, so I just think I have a really high risk profile. Um, I think the wall street thing was, you know, I do come from, uh, immigrant family. My, my parents came from Korea. So the expectation my entire life was you have to, you know, be a banker or a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and that was the only reality I knew. I was always very entrepreneurial. Like I was the guy that, you know, bought, bought now and later from the vending machine and sold them for 10 cents a piece and try to make like a little profit margin in elementary school. Um, you know, I started my own tutoring business when I was when I was in in high school and then also in college. Um, so I was always very entrepreneurial, but I never considered it as a as a path. Um, it was just like these are the defined, you know, be a good Asian uh, jobs, and yeah. you got to pick one of these. And and I think once I got to Wall Street and I kind of scratched that itch, uh, and then my world kind of got opened up uh, by studying, you know, the uh, the equity market and 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 tech companies, these kind of things. Was there a, uh, a, um, calculated and desire, a calculated desire to, uh, not follow a path, uh, that, you know, you felt like maybe from society and from your family that you had to, to, uh, to follow and, you know, the traditional conventional paths of, you know, whether it's lawyer, bank or whatever it is, um, was there, uh, you know, a, a concerted effort to, to kind of stray away and, and break that mold and those stereotypes? Yeah, not really. I mean, I wish I had one of those like dramatic stories of like, you know, I, I was ye- yelling match with my parents, but no, it, it wasn't really like a, a conscious effort. It was just like a, Hey, this, sound, this seems fun. And the irony is that, you know, thinking back, um, you know, my parents always, you know, uh, preached education, straight A's, you know, doctor, lawyer, you know, grad school, higher education. Um, but at the same time, my dad was always entrepreneurial. Like, I don't think he ever had like a normal job. Right. Um, so when he immigrated here, the first thing he did was, you know, swap me type like fabric store and then eventually, you know, opened up a convenience store. And then, you know, he, you know, he was very entrepreneurial, um, throughout my entire upbringing. So I guess that I, I picked up a lot of that subconsciously, right? Um, as much as my parents can say, get straight A's, go to school, do all these things, uh, their actions were were very, very different. Um, so I, I think I must have subconsciously picked up a lot of that. And and how old are you now? I'm 29. Wow. 
And yeah. for you, I mean, do you, so now it's been about two years with Kippo, uh, you know, where, what's, what's next for Kippo in, in the, I guess, short and long term. And, you know, I guess I'm curious how you measure the, the company's success. Um, you know, is it, is it just strictly numbers, funding, all that stuff, uh, for you, what's it, what does success look like for Kippo? Um, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about some of the things that we, we have coming into works. Uh, I'm a product person. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer as well, but I think my, my core competency is, is product. Um, and you know, I kind of gave you a little sneak peek, but we are building, uh, what we call Kippoverse. Um, we're calling it the metaverse for dating. Uh, it's going to be a, a fully immersive virtual playground basically. So what's that going to look like where you can, um, it's going to look like an MMORPG. Okay. And what is, I'm not familiar with what that is. Yeah. Like, um, like, like a world of Warcraft type of environment okay. where you have different people with their avatars. Um, you know, you, you're going to have a little character that represents you that you can control and customize to look like you. Um, you can, you know, talk to other people with their avatars. You can hang out with friends. You can throw parties. You can have watch parties. You can have birthday parties. You can go on virtual dates. Um, the, the possibilities are really, really endless here, but this is the, the next big thing that we're working on. In terms of how we measure success, it's, it's all about how many people globally can we affect in a positive way, right? And then leaving it very vague because not everybody wants the same thing. So when I hear dating apps say like, you know, we're counting the number of marriages or the number of, you know, matches or dates, it's, it's kind of presumptuous to say like, you know, everybody wants to get married and that's like the only way to be successful in life. So for us, it's about a positive experience. So if you, interact with somebody and you have this um like this is a positive experience like we're sharing i think at least this is a positive experience um we want to increase that we think that um we need to increase the empathy level of the average person in the world and it's it's so surprising how quickly you can reduce you know racism or homophobia or just like hate in general just by connecting two people mm. and having them talk to each other for like five minutes, right? It's yeah. like it's like, you know, my you know my mom, understandably, she was an immigrant. She she grew up um, the typical, you know, you know, wary of certain races, like unsure about you know gay people, those kind of things. And then like she moved to Hollywood, right? And then and then like within like a couple months, she's like she has like best friends in the building that she does like yoga with and all this stuff. And it, it's so crazy like how quickly people can the perceptions can change it's all about just like people sharing experiences with other people whether it's on the other side of the world or or down the block um and that's our success metric um i hate fundraising it's a necessary evil um we want to reach profitability as soon as we can so that we don't have to worry about one fundraising we don't have to think about kind of putting up a front for investors right i do think that one of the problems with tech is that you have to kind of put on a show for investors and that might not necessarily align with your vision and it skews your product, it skews your, what you have to do. Um, we don't want to ever sell ads, which means we'll never sell anybody's data. We actually collect as little data as possible. Um, we want to say that, you know, we want to be as open and honest about everything. So we like to say that all revenue, you know, I'm not, this is not like for sure, but we, what we strive towards is that all revenue that comes to the company will have a price tag on it. So, you know, like, you made the conscious choice to pay $2 for this thing. And that's how we make our money. Very straightforward. Nothing shady going on under the hood. 
And now we're just going to take another quick break because I am super excited to announce that I have once again partnered up with Eat Clean Bro. As many of you longtime listeners know, I've been a fan of and worked with Eat Clean Bro in the past, and they are, in my opinion, the best freshly prepped meal company out there today. If you are someone like myself who perhaps isn't the best cook or has long work days and no desire to put together a meal but wants to keep a healthy and balanced diet, Eat Clean Bro is absolutely the company for you. They have delicious meals that are also incredibly healthy that include freshly prepped salmon and asparagus, shrimp, spinach, chicken, and a whole lot more. I personally like to top off my meals with their chocolate and peanut butter protein balls that are my absolute favorites. If you want to go to eatcleanbro.com today and use my promo code WTG, you'll receive 10% off of every single order. I'm not kidding when I say I really love this company and use them weekly myself. They help me maintain a steady diet and reduce the stresses and labor of putting together a good tasting healthy meal. Go check out eatcleanbro.com today. Now let's get back into it. What is it about fundraising that you personally don't like? Um, I mean, just what I said, right? It's it's you. I think it kind of forces you to um, tell a story that you think the investors want to hear, mm. right? And to do that, you know, because metrics can lie, right? And we we learned this on Wall Street as well. Is you can, you know, people say numbers don't lie. Uh, numbers are the numbers, but the story behind the numbers can lie, right? So. When we think about tech, we think about like daily active users, monthly active users, and dating apps especially like to push this narrative, number of matches per day, number of swipes per day. Mm. But, you know, when, when investors ask me, and I rub a lot of them the wrong way, they ask me like, how many, you know, swipes per day do you have? And I'm like, why? why? <laughs> like, why do you care? Why does that matter? How many swipes per day we have? What does that mean? Right? Um, because we've kind of simplified it and said more swipes means people are enjoying it more, mm. right? And more matches means there's more success. Uh, and because of that, you know, entrepreneurs feel the pressure to kind of pump these numbers up, right? Not, not like faking numbers, but there are certain features you can build and certain things that you can do in the app to pump these numbers up. So it looks good for investors but doesn't necessarily add value to, to the user, right? So we try to avoid all the gimmicks, um, right? Dating apps will send you notification three times a day and be like, hey, you haven't been on today. Um, but is that really adding value to the user? So, you know, from a long-term business standpoint, that's the best thing you can do. Add value to the user and the user will take care of the company. Um, and... Yeah, I think sometimes fundraising just throws you off the path. But that's not with everybody, of course, right? The right investors, the investors that we have and the investors that um, we're talking to you for our next round of fundraising, we think that they're fully on board with the mission. They're not going to get bogged up in the numbers. Um, they have like a really long-term vision on the company. Um, but at the end of the day, investors are investors because they, they need to make a buck. And at the end of the day, that's, that's the only thing that matters for most of them. Um, so... It's a necessary evil, but we're, you're, the companies are not always aligned in their goals with the investors. Does it, um, a better question, how do you deal with kind of the everyday stresses of trying to uh, run a startup? How do I deal with the stresses? That's a good question. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I don't really do anything. I I, tr I exercise physiologically, right? That's supposed to help with stress. Um, I don't think I get too stressed. I get concerned about things. I concern myself with things. And I think about things, um, you know, 18 hours a day, every minute that I'm awake. But I don't know. I, I think the process is fun. It's it's an endless stream of problems that need to be solved. But I think if you think of them as, you know, problems can be thought of as puzzles or as issues, right? Mm. And if you think of everything as like a, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Versus like here, like a new challenger approaches, like let's see how we can figure this one out. Um, then it's a fun process. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best explanation I, I can give. Um, I have an amazing team. Uh, everyone has the same mindset uh, as well. So we come into the office every day with a sense of enthusiasm to solving these difficult, difficult problems um, and not the sense of, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too philosophical, but I think a lot of it is rooted now that I think about it in the fact that our goal is not, you know, make a bunch of money, exit and flip the company. Um, it's, you know, trying to solve this interesting problem of how do people connect online? And I think that difference in motivation um, alters how we handle issues or handle problems. How big is your team right now? Uh, the entire team is five. Okay. Including myself. Yeah, and, very small team. And for you personally, do you measure your, your kind of your own personal success by the success of Kippo? Um, yes. Uh, Kippo is what I choose to spend 100% of my time on right now. Um, so it is it is the manifestation of my my ideas, basically, right? Um, so yes, I would say. Sound like a loaded question. <laughs> in in ten years, uh, where do you hope Kippo is going to be? Um. In 10 years, the goal is that Kippo is going to be the platform that facilitates uh, human interactions and it's going to be the ultimate place to hang out with friends and to meet new people. Boom. I love it. Well, uh, David, thank you so much for for taking the time today. Uh, it was really a pleasure to to hear all about Kippo. Um, I think it's fascinating. I'll be very curious to follow it and to to see and hopefully everybody that's listening or watching this right now um, we'll check it out and, uh, and give it a try. Cause it seems like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of these dating apps, um, and they have a certain stigma around them, but, uh, it seems like you're trying to get to the kind of most authentic and real, uh, you know, core of dating and human interaction, which is, um, refreshing to hear, uh, you know, uh, in, in that space. So, um, thank you for, for taking the time and, uh, anything I could ever do, uh, to, to help you out or to, you know, boost Kippo, or if you're ever in Brooklyn, uh, since you said that you lived here uh, for a while, um, hopefully you come back and visit, bring you in studio, but uh, really a, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Hey, awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was a fun conversation.